Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. One, two, All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a Top of the Charts Tuesday right here on Ball Don't Lie. We play jams that reach the top of the Billboard charts on this day in history. Uh, once again, my man Patrick DJing a Top of the Charts Tuesday on Ball Don't Lie. Also, it is an all-flex Tuesday. We are revealing our all-flex team. We'll continue doing that uh, here in this segment. We'll give you uh, the uh, reveal of the wide receivers for all-flex team. Uh, and also, we'll review uh, all these selections that have been revealed so far. Uh, also, we'll get into a little bit of Mike Leach, a tribute to Mike Leach and uh, all of the, uh, the great things that Mike Leach did to advance the game of football, but also the enjoyment and the pure joy that Mike Leach brought to all of us just because um, he was so quirky <laughs> and uh, such a dynamic personality, uh, unapologetically authentic. And we love that about Mike Leach, who passed away yesterday at the age of 61. So we'll continue that coming up. we got Harch Knock Life. What you got for the people coming up in Harch Knock Life, Harch? I'm going to give you uh, some information about some of the best undrafted NFL football players that you Ooh, may have heard of, like that. and you're like, I didn't realize he was undrafted. Oh, yeah. And they're Hall of Famers, basically, is what's going on. Yeah. No, so. I, I like that. Looking forward to that. I love the uh, conversation about making it to the NFL the hard way. Oh, <laughs> Hardest way to make, make a roster. Uh, so we'll get into that coming up. Hard Knock Life. Uh, also, we got off the records coming up. Got a cool Bill Belichick story. Uh, Bill Belichick, Pamela Anderson story that was revealed on the, what? Manning, what? Uh, on the Manning cast. Yeah, we'll get to that coming up. And also, uh, and off the record, we got to talk a little about the NBA. They renamed their like award, uh, basically all of their tr- trophies and all of the uh, postseason awards for a defensive player of the year, mm-hmm. MVP, that kind of stuff. They named them in honor of all-time great players. And so we'll go through that list. I heard uh, earlier uh, Chad and Zay talking about it, and Zay just dissing Hakeem the Dream. <laughs> Come Did on. you hear this slander? I mean, come on, man. You're a Spurs fan, uh, uh, no, Patrick. No, Akeem Olajuwon's one of the okay. all-time greats. That's what I asked. I was no, 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 as a no. Spurs Look, fan. as somebody who was Thank destroyed you. by Akeem Olajuwon, come on. my dreams, all my hopes and dreams every season destroyed by that man. Yeah, call I him have a, to have some respect. Akeem yeah. the dream. Akeem the nightmare he was for a lot of people. <laughs> uh, and they were just dead because he's, I believe, the defensive player of the yes. year is now named after Akeem yes. the dream. And somehow they got into a debate of whether he was worthy. And I was like, really? Yeah. I didn't even think that was a... Yeah, that shouldn't have been a conversation. That should have been a conversation. A kid's dream. That's pretty obvious. Uh, Nobody questions the man's defense. That's for damn sure. Okay, (laughs) we'll get into it. We'll have that conversation. Have some fun coming up in Off the Records. Uh, All right, let's uh, reveal our all-flex team. Okay, so, Hart, you're going to reveal the wide receivers for us. Before you do that, though, let me uh, give everyone the rundown of all of the all-flex team members who have been revealed so far. 
All right, so here we go. Early this morning, because B and E were doing this, they started uh, it off. Started off, and then light the tower, and then Chad and Zay. So we've been revealing the All Flex team all uh, day long. So here's number one: uh, defensive lines. What they first uh, revealed, and the the four defensive linemen revealed were Caleb Dickey from Crockett, uh, Damian Wimberly from Vandergriff. Still playing. Uh, Prince Will, Uman uh, Yellen out of Maynard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they got some good jeans there. Uh, Colton Vasek, speaking of good jeans, <laughs> out of Wesley, <laughs> uh, who will be heading to the 40 Acres defensive lineman. Uh, those are your four defensive linemen. Big time. Line, man, that is a, that's a damn good group, man. Yep, yep. Uh, your linebackers. Uh, you have Reed Vines out of Cedar Park. You have Ivy Webb out of Anderson. Uh, and then Brody Bueno out of Huddle are your three linebackers for all flex defense. Your DBs. I love this group. Uh, you got Jalen Gilbert out of Round Rock, who is a uh, safety who's headed now to Vanderbilt. Just switched his commitment or flipped his commitment, I should say, mm-hmm. from Washington State. Alex Foster out of Vanderbilt. This guy, I mean, he's got like 180 something tackles. Alex Foster, he's a junior, by the way. Yes, Maybe the most active defensive player in Central Texas. No, I'm serious. He, he's, sure. a, he's in that conversation. He's all over the field. Basically, he is the defensive equivalent of a a a Terminator series like T1000 sent back in time, and he basically just hunts down ball carriers and destroys ball carriers. The dude is legit. Really fun to watch. Uh, def- defensive back Peyton Morgan, also a junior out of Flugerville Weiss. Really good player. Great instincts. Got really good feet. Dad's a coach. Kind of explains his footwork. No wasted movement with him. Uh, really good player. Had uh, five in- sorry, five interceptions this year and I believe two pick sixes. Actually six. Take the back I think he, he corrected me on that. Uh, six in the, in t- and a pick, two pick sixes. Justin Strong. I mean, enough said. Had one of the uh, best defensive seasons that we've seen uh, from a player in, in Central Texas from a long time. Wasn't on our all-flex preseason pick for the DBs, but really jumped off the page this year. Jumped off the film, I should say. Had 113 tackles, four interceptions, two interceptions, return for touchdowns, 14 PBUs. Congrats to the Elgin safety. I will say this, as a DB, no corners on the list. They're all safeties. Yeah. Uh, I feel bad about that. Uh, I wanted a corner on there. I don't get to vote on it on my own, so I will say I think the best corner in the area is probably Leonard Moore of Round Rock. Really good player out of him. Or, um, I mean, there's some other really good players, too. Nateen Mitchell was one of those guys. Uh, David Jeffrey out of Maine is a good player. I think it's Leonard Moore, but he's the only corner that I thought of that probably could He makes it as a returner, but didn't make it as a defensive back. Right. I think he's penalized because he's a corner and they don't get a lot of action. And these guys are very safeties. fair. The safeties very get a fair. lot of stats because you know, uh, and I think he's penalized a little bit because it would have been two of them on here from Round Rock. And hey, man, I don't think they want to put two from Round Rock either. Which I understand. All these guys are, are worthy, but just throwing it out there, they never corner. Just want to make sure. Fair. Just want to make sure I, I, I set the record straight. Yep. All right, kicker, punter, long snapper, return specialist. Uh, we got our punter is or Owen Norell from Westwood. Kicker Patrick uh, Helen. Of um, Buda Johnson, uh, returner is uh, Cameron Cook. Had a debate about him. Yep, and could have obviously been one of the running back choices. TCU out of Stony commit. Point. Yeah, uh, and he's a damn good player. Out of Stony yep, Point, yep. also another returner. I just talked about it. Leonard Moore out of Round Rock makes his returner. I think he could have easily been a starting uh, corner in our on our all flex team. Long snapper, uh, Jake Helms out of Westlake. Shout out to him for uh, getting the long snapper recognition. Uh, offensive line, we just went through it, but I'll go through it again. Center, Jackson Harrison on Liberty Hill. 
uh, the uh, tackle, Ian Reed from Vandergrift. Also, uh, Tyler, uh, Tyler Knapp. Uh, out of Westlake to tackle there. Jaden Chapman, interior offensive lineman out of Harker Heights. And Hudson Steelwell. Yes, Liberty Hill once again. Slot T Mafia represented on our all-flex offensive line. All right. Now this time. This is where we go to the, the wide prime time. That's what everybody always talks about. They talk about the diva position. And there is a diva in, those, uh, in this group. We don't know which one it is. I'm going to let y'all all decide on which one is the diva of the group. But starting at wide receiver, um, not going in any particular order, is the kid from Westlake. I believe he lost his first high school football game this past weekend. It is one Jaden Greathouse. He is a Notre Dame commitment, and he put up big numbers oh, yeah. all the time. Uh, Jaden Greathouse is one of the best players in the country, and obviously a lot of people have been recruiting him. He did make all district. Uh, as usual, this kid is a big-time player. At the other wide receiver, he became the district newcomer of the year, Ed Small. He just happens to be a baseball commit to the University of Texas. He's a young player, but the numbers that he put up at Anderson were huge numbers, and he continues to show up and make people take notice with him. We got a chance to talk to him last week when we announced the list of the finalists, mm-hmm. and he came out to Waterloo Ice House. Um, and last but not least, court, uh, wide receiver from Georgetown High School, kid put up big numbers, over 1,300 yards receiving, and he was a major part for the success of what Georgetown did this year, Drayton Dickman. Uh, wide receiver from Georgetown High School. We have Jaden Gr- Greathouse from Westlake, Drayden Dickman from Georgetown, and Ed Small from Anderson High School. There you go. Uh, those are the receivers for the All-Flex team. Coming up, top of the 5 o'clock, we'll get into our uh, running backs. Top of the 6 o'clock, we'll get the quarterbacks. And then I'll review the list for you, uh, the entire list in, in its entirety, coming at the top of 6 o'clock. All right. Uh, that is our Flex announcement. Congratulations to Congratulations. all uh, All-Flex right. members. And go check out FLXATX.com. FLXATX on all your social media platforms. Uh, you can get the uh, all the information there as well. All right. Let's get into uh, some Mike Leach uh, discussion here. Mike Leach unfortunately passed away at the age of 61 uh, last night, but uh, now I think is the um, appropriately uh, the time where everybody uh, starts to celebrate uh, his life. A lot of mourning, of course, early on uh, this morning, but now a lot of people are telling stories about Mike Leach. Uh, a lot of the video and audio of Mike Leach uh, starting to uh, surface or resurface, and it's really fun looking back at the impact and the legacy of <laughs> yeah. Mike Mike Leach and and just I mean it's crazy I met Mike Leach a few times but even me I am a part of now some of these iconic Mike Leach stories uh, yeah I just talked about how he up he upset Texas in 2002 when I was there and we probably had a chance to go to the BCS uh, BCS game and uh, he yeah he he decided to upset the Aquacart and he thwarted our plans to go to the BCS game him Cliff Kingsbury and Wes Welker. And um, Harge reminded me of another time, and I was going to get into this later on, but I think we can get into it now. The 1999 Texas OU game and Mike Leach's famous dummy script, (laughs) which I believe... 
Tom Herman yes. and Oscar Giles are the ones who collected the dummy script. Not saying they're dummies, but they did fall for it. What they grad assistance during they, that they time? Brought it, they, yeah, they, brought, yeah. they brought it up. Said they thought, oh man, we gonna get we gonna get promoted for this. Oh man, the coaches are gonna love us bringing this. And obviously, Mike Leach played it well. If you don't know, Mike Leach basically walked around the field during warmups with a fake dummy script. <laughs> In his back pocket, like coaches do, you know, they kind yeah, of fold it up it. and they, they put it in the back pocket. And I guess he acted as if he dropped it. Uh, just, uh, just, oh, I just dropped it accidentally. And then he kind of fell. He wanted Texas to fall for it. And Texas fell for it, a hook, line, and sinker. So here's the, uh, the ESPN excerpt from the story from, uh, the story about Mike Leach and his dummy script. It says, during pregame warmups of that year's Red River Showdown, Mike, first year. 1999, an un- underhanded script outlining OU's offensive plays was spotted on the field by one of Texas student assistants who scooped it up and took it to the Longhorns defensive coordinator, Carl Reese. We called him Bull. Yep. Carl Bull Reese at yep. the time. Uh, and the Longhorns, we were, the Longhorns were favored, uh, supposed to win the game. Hell, the uh, Sooners are coming out getting a brand new coach and Bob Stoops just brought in this wacky new offensive, quirky new offensive coordinator uh, from Kentucky. And he says, um, basically, Bull Reese quote was, we were trying to figure out if it was authentic. We were in the state of, can we believe this? Well, they believed it. All right. Uh, it was a fake. Uh, and part of the plot hatched by Mike Leach. Um, he was the mastermind behind it. The Sooners offensive coordinator um, and consulted by the Longhorns who quickly, they felt we fell behind 17 nil. All right, 17-0 in that game. Before we end up coming back and winning the game, 38-28. It's one of the biggest and best comebacks in the Texas OU game. Um, But uh, Mac Brown, when he was asked about it, he said, yeah, that sounds like Mike. I do know this. Offensive coordinators are so careful with those scripts, they wouldn't be losing them. Those things are valuable. Only Mike would think to lay lay (laughs) one out there as a decoy. And uh, basically he talked about it in his book, I think it was Swing Your Sword. Swing Your Sword, In 2011. And, yeah, I mean, he – he almost got us. My man, <laughs> Ahmad Brooks, a quote from him saying, that game might have been the most bizarre experience I've ever had as a college football player. I can't tell you how wrong we were in the first three or four minutes with every play <laughs> call we had. I've never seen anything like it. It was complete pandemonium and confusion. And, yes, I remember the moment when Bull Reese trashed the game plan and everybody lost it and totally decided that they wanted to uh, – Totally adjust and go 180 on what we were doing early on in the first half of the game. At least the first quarter of the game. I think that's when they got behind. So give it up to Mike. The Texas did fall for it, though. It worked. Oh, man. I the mean, dummy script worked, man. Why wouldn't you? I it mean, worked. if you saw it on the ground and you thought that this is the opportunity that we needed to be able to uh, beat them, I mean, it, it was genius for him to drop it. It was, but if something seems too good to be true, it usually is. Very true on that one. <laughs> Texas probably should have, they probably should have early on just kept the dummy script and saw if the dummy script actually lined up with the play calling, mm-hmm. which it never did, really. Mm-hmm. I think it lined up maybe the first play or two, and then they went completely off the script. So I don't, I think, uh, I, don't, I don't know when exactly they found out. I'd love to know when they found out. But once you went down 17 nothing, I think it was pretty clear. Uh, you <laughs> That's made, not the right You made script. a dang coaching mistake. <laughs> but there you go. This shows you know, We talked about this with Sark sometimes. Like, yep. hey, man, you got to adjust. Sometimes your game planning and preparation, whatever it may be, hey, it just didn't work. And obviously Texas game plan wasn't great either. Right. The game plan was bad. The original game plan. The original plan game was, plan yeah, was bad. Yeah. And on top of the game plan being bad, you fell for a dummy script. And the reason I'm not shocked the game plan was bad, think about it, guys. 
It was the first time the Big 12 had seen the air raid. That's true. It so was they the thought they were trying time. to get ahead of it. Yeah, I mean, the big, it was, so it was perfect the, time. It was the first time the Big yeah. 12 had seen the Big 12 hadn't seen the air raid. Yep. It, it, even um, Bob Stoops admitted the reason that he brought Mike Leach in with him um, because he said the toughest offense for him to game plan for and against was the air raid offense there at Kentucky. Brought it here. Nobody had seen it. Uh-huh. We hadn't seen it. Hell, Mike Harsh had seen it at Copper's Cove. That's you know right. what I mean? But that's, that's, right. a, that's about it. We hadn't seen it in the Big 12. And when we saw it initially, I think people were like, holy Chicago. Now, it took them a year before they basically took it to a national title the next year in 2000. But remember, that was the first time we had seen the air raid. I think that was also part of why they got up 17 nil on us. Right. Yeah, we right. just I mean, you we just didn't know. Were looking you, didn't at. Know. We're like, you didn't know what, what was this? going on. What the hell is this? You start to try <laughs> to figure it out, and you're like, oh, we're going to figure We got this. Mm. Oh, if they're going to run this play, they're going to run yeah. this play, and these sets. And then all of a oh. sudden, you're down 17, and you're like, we yeah. fell for the banana and the tailpipe. Oh, yeah. And remember, and remember how, mummy, how Mummy's air raid is initially a two-back offense. It's a oh, two-back yeah. set, much like the original West Coast offense. Shotgun two formation, set. Yeah, he was coming. Hell, he initially came up with the, the idea in high school. So he was running mm-hmm. some two-tailback sets, even mm-hmm. though they wanted to be pass-centric. What Mike Leach spent uh, on it was he went to 10 personnel. He went to 10 personnel. We'll get into a little bit later on why that's revolutionary. My man Bobby Burton wrote a great column over at Inside Texas about it. But we'll get into why that's revolutionary. But he basically took it to 10 personnel, and that's what we saw. And we were like, whoa, this is, man, what is happening? We got a linebacker matching on a wide receiver over there. You know that, Coach? And, goes, and honestly, it took Coach Aquina, Coach Dwayne Aquina, one of the Godfathers of DBU, coming into Texas to try to solve or come up with an evolutionary adaptation to the air raid. And you know what his adaptation was? We're going with five, two defensive backs. I, want, I don't want a DB on that field that can't cover. Right. And I don't want a DB on that field that can't tackle, which is why my, the first secondary for Coach Aquina was myself, Quentin Jammer, uh, Nathan Vasher, and Ahmad Brooks. Wow. Three, three of those four played safety. Right, I remember you saying that. Three of the four played safety and corner. And after that, all the guys like that, Huff Daddy, Michael Griffin, they all were in that kind of mold like that. Kenny Vaccaro's, the five-tool DB. Mm-hmm. And the, the the reason the Air Raid was able to exploit a lot of old-school defenses that were structured and built in antiquated form was because they went with a, more receivers and more speed and more emphasis on space. Well, Coach Akeem decided, all right, you know what, they're taking advantage of these big safeties we have because we got them fitted for the run game and these, uh, you know, these big giant um, linebackers that are built to play football in a phone booth. And he decided, no, let's put more DBs on the field and let's go with DBs all they can cover. So you couldn't, you really couldn't have a matchup disadvantage across the board with us because everybody was a corner pretty much on the field. Right. One of the it's a wide, brilliant strategy. One of the wide receivers that first came to the University of Texas from a Howe Mummy uh, offense from Coppers Cove, his name just happened to be Mike Davis as well oh, okay. as the other Money Mike Davis that huh. played here. He came here and played here in 1990. He was the original hmm. wide receiver that benefited the most because he could fly, he ran good routes, Speed, baby. and he came to the University of Texas. And he only played one season here because he was also a track guy, but he was on the football team from How Mummy, 1990, at the University of Texas. It's crazy, man. Yeah, small world, man. Uh, but Texas, yeah, I love that. It, it, you know, the How Mummy, the – you know, the, the purpose of the initial air raid for him was trying to <clears throat> teach it before it became the air raid, mm-hmm. trying to teach it to young high school kids. 
that was kind of the purpose of streamlining everything the way he did. Right. Um, end up being obviously revolutionary in a lot of ways too. Um, okay. There's a obviously a lot of different ways that we could hit the the Mike Leach uh, situation. I, we do have a couple of uh, like one a piece of Mike Leach sound that I want to play. Yeah. Um, do we can we play the one about the weddings, Patrick? Do we have this one about the weddings? It's a little lengthy, <laughs> but it's fun. But it's so good. Yeah. And I was going to just say, hey, let's cut it off here, or cut it off there. Uh, let's just listen to the whole damn thing. It's a Mike Leach tribute day. We could do that. Yep. Uh, so here is uh, Mike Leach. And I believe he was asked about weddings, and well, you know the rest. <laughs> the women lose women their mind. Your fiance is going to lose her mind. Your mother-in-law is going to lose her mind. Your mom is going to lose her mind. Several of your sisters and uh, female relatives are going to lose their mind, and um, and they're going to they're going to barrage you with constant questions. What should we wear? And then, uh, which of course, my answer was, I don't care. And then, uh, what color should the invitations be? I don't care. Uh, what should we have for dessert? I don't care. Should we seat this this way or th- that that way? I don't care. And, but see, I don't care is not satisfactory at all. And you're going to get caught in a catch-22, and I'm certain that you already have. And that catch-22 is, well, I want you to be a part of this too. Uh, so what color am Invitations. Um, all right, the blue ones. Well, I kind of like uh, I kind of like the tan ones. Okay, the tan ones then. Oh, you're just saying that because uh, 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 you want this over. Well, you're not even thinking about it, which is of course true. Uh, what do you want for dessert? I was thinking of strawberry shortcake. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, strawberry shortcake would be good. Well, what about the blueberry pie? Well, I like the blueberry pie. We could have the blueberry pie. Well, I thought you said you wanted the strawberry shortcake. And it's just going to go back and forth, and they're going to play keep away from you until uh, after you're married. There's no answer you can give that is going to be satisfactory or correct. And if you successfully uh, please a few of them, the others will still be, oh, well, I just don't feel like he's that interested. Yeah, okay, so, so you need to work late. Uh, go in the back room and read a lot of books. Uh, take the groomsmen out so you make sure that they march in just right and they know exactly, you know, these swell outfits that you picked out or whatever, however you're doing it. Um, and in the end, you'll wish you a lope. Uh, you need to find um, excuses uh, that they'll buy uh, to be as far out of harm's way as you possibly can. Oh man, That's there's so much there. It is, it is that fantastic. Is outstanding. It's so I, I just got married like a little over a year ago, and oh, it's money. It is. <laughs> the closer you are to the wedding, you realize how accurate, how wise Mike Leach was in that moment. It is truly enlightening. He was trying to look out for you. He was trying to look out for all of us. Yeah, he, he, hit, it I think it was a reporter that asked him about it. Oh. Actually, he's like. Yeah, I'm getting married. He was like, oh, wait a minute. That's when he got perked up about it. And that's when he went on that little tangent, man. It was outstanding. I just love that he would rant on anything other than football. For sure. Although he was a football genius, a football philosopher, of course, a football revolutionary. If he got the chance to talk about anything random, music, movie, ask about TV shows and stuff, and he would just, he'd give you the most thoughtful uh, honest, authentic answer, yep. and he never. And I, I said this before about like one or two coaches, and you can't say it about a lot of coaches because they, they just don't deserve this compliment. I agree. He he, he does not know coach speak. No, he that's has, not who he is. He he, does, he has never known coach speak. He does is not a coach speak bone in his body. 
He just, he has to give you the original, the unapolog- unapologetic authenticity no of the truth, no whether doubt. you like it or not. And man, it's refreshing. And damn, I'm gonna miss it. Yeah, for sure, I'm gonna miss it because those interviews <laughs> are are legendary. And I reached out to a former UT coach that is on his staff now, and he said eventually he'll be ready to talk at some point, but. He said it was a really hard time for them right now because oh, yeah. he is on that staff, and Mike gave him another opportunity. Coach Leach gave him another opportunity oh, yeah. to be able to get back out there. So you can imagine what that staff is going through. They said that they're going to play in their bowl game. That's on, I believe it's January 2nd. They mm-hmm. qualify for a bowl. That's on January 2nd. And they said they're going to play in the game. I mean, they're going to have the game, obviously. Who do they play? Do we know? Uh, I forget I who they're look playing. That up. Yeah. I think, yeah. And um, so it's going to be interesting to see how everybody kind of recognizes Coach Leach. And you've seen the the stories and everybody complimenting him on who he was. And I can't wait to talk about uh, I'm going to play one of my my favorite selections of Mike Leach. And it has to do with mascots, of all things. Oh, yeah. I can't wait to hear that. Yeah. Someone wants to hear the candy corn uh, yeah. rant. Okay, maybe candy corn a fat little girlfriend's rant. <laughs> yeah, okay, we can, maybe we can get some of those coming up a little bit later That is on. me. Uh, Mississippi State plays Illinois in the Realia Quest Bowl on oh, January that's 2nd. A, on that's January a tough game. 2nd. Yeah. That's a, Illinois, that's a, that's a tough really game. really good team. That's a good team. Yeah. Uh, okay, thank you for that, Patrick. All right, um, Harsh Knock Life. Uh, we're talking a little Mike Leach, but also undrafted free agents that's in the right. NFL. That's right. right. We'll get to that coming up on the other side, right here on Ball Don't Lie on 1049 The Horn. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, guys and dolls, the main event of the evening for your entertainment and pleasure. Mike, you have to be so combative. Now, I probably wouldn't say this in front of white folks, but in front of y'all, I'm going to speak my mind. He has emotional anger issue problems. Hey, are you Dirty Mike and the boys? I'm Mike Lowry. Michael! Oh, that's funny. Michael! Welcome back to a Top of the Charts Tuesday edition of Ball Don't Lie. It's your boy, Hardball Harge. You can follow me on Twitter at Hardball Harge. You can follow my man at Rod Babers. And you can follow my man behind the glass at It's Patrick Davis. We also love it when you're a part of the show. And hit us up on the Specs text line, 512-337-3776. And I was strolling through social media uh, the other night. And actually, it was last night. And I came across this article by our man, Goose Gosselin. We've had Goose on this show, and Goose does an unbelievable job. And if you ever wanted to go and follow some of his stuff, go to rickgosselin.com. And he came up with this article and this story about some of the all-time greatest undrafted players. And it varies from Kurt Warner to Wes Welker, to John Randall, to Sam Mills, to many, many more. And I found it interesting because if you are just a NFL fan, you're just strictly looking at those types of players. And if you're a college player, you're normally looking at them and then trying to find out where they're going. And when you start to break it all down and 
you, you the nuances of the draft process. What makes a guy good? What makes a guy jump off the screen? Is it the intangibles? Is it what he does at the combine? And is he a freak enough athlete to where you're like, we're going to take a chance on that guy? But then there's some guys that kind of slip through the cracks that walk around with that chip on their shoulder, whether it's the late-round draft pick of Tom Brady and how everybody's like, oh, how did you miss on that guy? Some of those guys that are missed, they create that chip, which makes them great. Uh, Some guys are great just because they are those types of players. We can use Deion Sanders, for example. We can use uh, Troy Aikman, the work ethic that they go with. But when you start to look at how players get to a certain point, and Goose does an unbelievable job when he does the research on this, and that's why he's a Hall of Fame voter, and that's why he's done a lot of the things and been around the game uh, for a very, very long time, and he has all the connections. But when I looked at some of these things, and he was talking about that's when players from small schools, like Emmett Thomas, Players with injuries, like a Priest home, mm-hmm. Players changing positions, like a Brian Waters. And then some guys didn't even have any college football playing experience, like Antonio Gates. Some guys are undersized. Yep. Some guys don't have speed. There's so many different things that you can look at and you say, well, how did you miss on that guy? Like, why? How? What? So we could take example. He said the history of undrafted free agents is glowing. He compiled he compiled a 53 player roster of undrafted free agents and the team that he put together had 51 pro bowlers, 21 pro football hall of famers, 21 all decade selections, six members of the 100th anniversary team and five members of the 50th anniversary team. So, again, how did we miss those guys? Like, what was the evaluation at that time? And I'm going to run through this list pretty quickly, but not going through all of them. I'll just start at the quarterback position. Number one he had on his list was Kurt Warner. He's a Hall of Famer, two-time MVP, Mm -hmm. four-time Pro Bowler, two-time passing champion. And this was a guy that was undrafted, played in arena football, played barnstorming. It wasn't even arena. It was more like indoor football that they were talking about. And there he is hosting, hoisting the Lombardi Trophy and also was a two-time MVP. Another player who's also a Hall of Famer is Warren Moon. Warren Moon go. was undrafted yep. during that time. Remember, they weren't looking at the African-American quarterback as that. He initially went to Canada mm-hmm. to go and play, put up big numbers with the Edmonton Eskimos, and then came back and got his opportunity. And, of course, you know, the rest is history. Another one, <laughs> cowboy, 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 Tony Romo, Eastern mm-hmm. Illinois, undrafted, founded, found by uh, Bill Parcells, but more importantly found by Sean Payton because Sean Payton went to Eastern Illinois. So he knew about Tony Romo. And by the way, last year, Tony Romo at this time was inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame. A lot of people didn't realize mm-hmm. that either. So you start looking at that. Then you go to the running back position and – Priest Holmes, obviously I just talked about him. Everybody knows him around here as the Texas Longhorn. But don't don't forget, he was the all-time leading rusher for the Kansas City Chiefs in their history until Jamal Charles broke that. Mm -hmm. Unbelievable. uh, Another name that a lot of people will know, 
will be Willie Parker from North Carolina, the running back for Pittsburgh Steelers. A lot of people didn't really understand who he was until he went to the Super Bowl that year, and that's how everybody figured him out. Uh, One of the wide receivers, Drew Pearson from Tulsa, Hall of Famer, finally. 1970s all-decade team, three Pro Bowls, led the NFC. Mm -hmm. Think about this. He led the NFC in uh, catches in 1976. And he led them in receiving yards in 1977. Do you know how many receptions he had in 1976? Mm-mm. 58. That wow. was that led the league. Yeah. Think about that. And his receiving Different yards game. in his receiving yards in 77, 870. <laughs> wow. Think about that. That's crazy. That is a crazy, crazy number. Another wide receiver, we were just talking about Mike Leach. Wes Welker, five Pro Bowls, three-time NFC, I mean, excuse me, NFL receiving champion, 2007, 2009, and 2011. Five 1,000-yard receiving seasons with five 100-catch seasons. Yeah. Think about that, undrafted. Lionel Taylor, a lot of people don't know. Rod Smith, wide receiver for Denver. He was also one of those players. At tight end, Antonio Gates, mm-hmm. undrafted basketball player. All of a sudden, he's an all-deck, 2000s all-decade player, eight Pro Bowls, 17th, he's 17th all-time in receiving with 955 catches. Yes, That's I'm amazing right. to is. me. You start thinking about that. Then you start breaking down the offensive line. One of the names I want to bring up, he's a former Philadelphia Eagle, but he's also now a Dallas Cowboy. 2010's NFL All-Decade team, Jason Peters, was undrafted. That's crazy. Nine Pro Bowls, Rod. Played Mm. tight end in college. Played tight end in college. Ended up being (laughs) non-drafted. 218 NFL starts. Played 18 seasons, still playing right now, and has a Super Bowl ring with the uh, Hmm. Philadelphia Eagles. Then we're going to go to the guards. I'm going to give you another name. Nate Newton. Nate Newton was undrafted as a Dallas Cowboy. That's unbelievable. Think about that. Florida A&M. Florida A&M, six Pro Bowls, played 14 seasons, 180 starts, three Super Bowl rings with the Dallas Cowboys. This list is unbelievable to me. And now I'm going to try to bring it now to the uh, more local times and this era. Cameron Wake, somebody you would remember, Rod. Remember that. Coming off the defensive end. Just an unbelievable oh, yeah. player. Play Came out of Penn State. Dolphins. Dolphins. That's when he became a freak. Everybody that. was looking at him like, oh, my God, he's a monster. Yep. Five Pro Bowls. Mm-hmm. Another member of the 100 Sack Club. He has 100 and a half. Spent his first two seasons in the, in pro football. He played in the CV, C, uh, CFL, man. That's crazy. He didn't even play in the NFL right away. And ended up playing 11 seasons in the NFL, 11 uh, hitting double-digit uh, sacks in five times, including a career-best 15 sacks in 2012. Hmm. Uh, defensive tackle, here's one for you. John Randall, Texas A&I. Yep, no doubt. Monster. Man, I loved watching John Randall play because of the way he was going about his business. Mm -hmm. He was unbelievable. And obviously now he's a Hall of Famer and got after it. Seven Pro Bowls, 1997 uh, sack champion. Played 14 seasons. Had uh, 137 and a half 
sacks. Uh-huh. NFL record for a defensive tackle. That's why. 137 <laughs> when you think about it. Here's another big name for you. James Harrison. He was undrafted. 2008 NFL he defensive player, player of the year. year. Yep. Five Pro Bowls. Remember played that. 15 seasons, 84 sacks. And don't forget, he had that 100-yard interception in a Super Bowl where mm-hmm. Kurt, uh, Kurt Warner, he picked off Kurt Warner against Arizona. And that was the game Antonio Holmes made that catch yeah, in the yeah. end zone. Yep. Unbelievable. Sam Mills, London Fletcher are linebackers, middle linebackers. Neither one of them were drafted. One from Montclair, another one from John Carroll. Can anybody tell me where John Carroll is? I don't even know. I don't even know where John Carroll is. <laughs> I've heard but, it, though. But he's he, there he is in the Hall of Fame. Here you go, cornerbacks. Dick Night Train Lane. Yeah. ATX, baby. A. T X mm-hmm. left he, on a doorstep as a infant. as an infant. Yeah, that's why he had an attitude. That's mm-hmm. why he was out there playing rough. Yeah, played fourteen seasons and had four intercepted fourteen passes as a rookie for the L A Rams in nineteen fifty two. Willie Brown out of Grambling, another one of those big time players that played for Minnesota. You see him in the highlights all the time with the interception running down the sideline. Oh, yeah, the rambling man from the, Grambling. There you go. There you go. Minnesota never won a Super Bowl, but he was part of those teams. It's just, and last but not least, I'm going to leave this name here, two of them. Everson Walls, also from Grambling, four Pro Bowls, three-time inter- interception champion, 81 and 82 and 85. Played 13 seasons, intercepted 57 Passes, ranks 13th all-time. One of two players at the cornerback position to lead the NFL in interceptions three times. Won a Super Bowl ring with the Giants. Never got one with the Cowboys, which really makes me upset. Mm. Uh, Another name, uh, Cliff Harris from Wachita Baptist in Oklahoma. A lot of people don't realize that. Donnie Shell, South Carolina State, uh, also was a a non-drafted player. Adam Vinatieri, Justin Tucker. Justin Tuck. Yeah. Non-drafted players. Mm. Just unbelievable when you start to look at, when you break down mm. the NFL and how they miss and how they hit and then how some of these players continue to flourish no matter what. All they need is that opportunity, mm. and that's exactly what they flourish from. So that was a, a, a great job. Bill Bates also was on that list, too, as a special teamer from Tennessee. Played 15 seasons, was a pro bowler, all with the Cowboys, winning three Super Bowl rings. Franchise record, 216 special team tackles. That's crazy, man. Think about that. Yeah. Back when special teams what meant, meant something. something. Yeah. yeah. Get- <laughs> and I remember listening to Bucky and Aaron uh, this year, as a matter of fact, when they were um, – they were playing at the Great Hills. They had the NFL Alumni Association Golf Tournament. Bill Bates didn't sound great on that show that day, but everybody understands mm-hmm. what Bill Bates brought to the Dallas Cowboys, oh, yeah. what he brought to the NFL, and what he did as a special teams player. So that go, go check it out, Rick Goslin. Dot com and he has all kinds of articles over there. I saw it. He was a Hall of Fame voter. He's also on the committee. He gets to see a lot of this stuff and go behind the scenes. He's done a great, great job with everybody. So I'm I'm really excited to to break down some of these things and what they mean to everybody. Um, but before we go to break, I wanted to play one more thing from our man Mike Leach. This is one of my favorite 
favorite clips of Mike Leach. You know, you brought it up, Rod. He talks to you about anything. Mm -hmm. And everybody talks about Mike Leach, about the football acronym and everything about him. But when you get a chance to talk to him and you hear him break down other things with the detail that he always brings, this is priceless. This is gold right here. Well, first of all, what kind of mythical powers does a sun devil have? We've got to consider that. I'm going to say the wildcat's out. Uh, the Trojan, is he? does he have a horse or is he on foot? Does he have a bow and arrow or just his sword? Uh, the Bruin, definitely formidable. Um, uh, another bear up there at Cal. Uh, the tree, I imagine that tree's going to get chopped down. Um, it's unless we're going to go with the bird and somebody might get pecked or something. I don't know. And then um, the duck. The duck might lose interest and just fly away and get out of there, which may be good advice under the circumstances. Uh, the husky, no chance. Uh, the beaver. Well, we'll see how long that beaver can hold his breath. Um, the uh, the ute again. We're back to. Uh, is he on horseback? Does he have a bow and arrow? Did he trade for a rifle? I mean, you know, because if that youth's got a rifle, there's some definite problems. And then, um, and, uh, and you know, you'd have to get one of those Harry Potter activists to read up on how you kill a sun devil because there's a lot of uh, outside stuff there. Um, just as far as a beast alone... Uh, a buffalo is going to be pretty hard to tangle with. I mean, a, bu a buffalo is utterly outstanding. Well, but Butch, Butch is going to have to be clear-minded and crafty. I mean, Butch will, Butch will find a way. There's no question. The Cougar will find a way. Uh, clear-minded and crafty, a combination of stay out of harm's way and and uh, <clears throat> and attack when you get your uh, your chances or your openings. I love it. I mean, that was all about the Pac-12 mascots and how who would win in a battle. So thoughtful. I mean, and yeah. he already had a plan for it. They said, man, to get what tackle the Sun Devil. You yeah, got to talk some Harry Potter. Talk some Harry Potter. I got to talk some Harry Potter stuff. Oh, I love man, it. This guy's fantastic. I, I, the, the the fact that he's able to have, to be that thoughtful about random topics, but also devote a lot of brain power to winning football games and mastering and the air raid offense. It's just out of this world. Out yeah. of this world. All right, we come back. We will uh, we'll hear from, actually, I'll, I'll hear from the Manning cast a little bit. They told a story about Bill Belichick and Pamela Anderson, and now the Internet has found proof that the story is true. We'll play the proof for you on the other side for Off the Record, right here on Ball Don't Lie, wonderful Nine the Horn. D.D. Megadoodoo, I'm sorry, Mangudu. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Deli Cat Essen. Well, well I don't get a brain bag comb. Well, congratulations. Continue good sex in, the, sex in the Big East. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of Off the Record. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Time for another edition of Off the Record. And so during the Manning cast of the game last night, and the audio's in here, so I won't explain it too much. Uh, 
Peyton Manning revealed a story that people thought was anecdotal and thought he was just exaggerating this story about Bill Belichick hiring, or sorry, Bill Belichick actually bringing in a long snapper, like <laughs> drafting a long snapper just because he heard the long snapper was dating Pamela Anderson. Apparently there is now proof uh, because the long snapper in question, David Ben was on some podcast and told the story himself. Here is the Manning cast audio, and then uh, they have the audio of the so the uh, long snapper, David Ben, after that. Here it is. And another time he picked David Ben, who was a long snapper, because he was dating Pamela Anderson, and Bill thought the players would like seeing Pamela at the pool in Hawaii. She didn't come, but... That's a cool Belichick story. So anyway, first practice, which is like nothing. You just kind of like stretch. You mess around a little bit, and then you walk off the field. I'm coming off, and and I'm walking by Bill, and he looks at me, and he's like, he goes, hey, where's your girlfriend? And uh, I said, oh, Pam? No, she didn't come out. He goes, remind me why the f*** I invited you out here then? <laughs> and he gave me this deadpan look. And I thought he was kidding, but he didn't crack a smile. And then I was like, wait, he's serious? Is he kidding? I just walked off like I couldn't figure it out. Like, you didn't say anything back to him? Um, I think I just laughed it off. And I was like, wait, what? He really wanted me to bring Pam. Should I call her? <laughs> Should I call her right now? <laughs> wow. How y'all like that, guys? That is crazy. Bill Belichick drafting a punter because he wanted to get a look at Pamela Anderson well, in a bathing wait, suit. Wait, so it wasn't a, it's a deep snapper that he took to the Pro Bowl, I believe. Oh, yeah, sorry, selected the Pro Bowl. Sorry, it was, he that. selected him to the yeah. Pro Bowl because he was like, oh, we're going to Hawaii. All the boys are going to be there. Yeah. And he's yeah. like, hey, and then we're going to yeah. have Pam Anderson hanging out with us, so we're going to be good to go. And that Love did not it. happen. And he's just like, yeah, why, why did I pick you to the Pro Bowl? He picked the, I picked, picked a different guy. That is, uh, that's, that's freaking awesome. would have loved to pick a different guy now that you're not that guy. Uh, <laughs> not that guy. Yeah. David yeah. Ben was his name. So who knows? Maybe that is uh, maybe that's a true story about Belichick. Maybe it's not. Belichick will never reveal it. You'll never find out from Belichick because he'd have told you he's too secretive. But but it, it sounds like that you know all the clues point to Belichick. Maybe that's why he selected them to go to Pro Bowl. Are you are you surprised that Bill Belichick knew who Pam Anderson was? I feel like that's more surprising to me than any part of the rest of the story. He's no, a, he's, he's still, a, he's he's still a, a man. Yeah, he's, yeah, I know, <laughs> he's a red-blooded American. I feel like Bill Belichick, you'd be like, hey, do you think that girl over there is cute? And he'd be like, I bet you can't read a defense. That's a, <laughs> I, I, yeah, it's true. He probably would, you know, he, he probably want to know her, her merit in terms of making his roster. Yeah. But he definitely knows a sex symbol like Pam Madison. No doubt. Yeah, she's a sex symbol. I would, that's a great question. I wonder how many random sex symbols you can ask Bill Belichick about and how many he would know. Get what year is the cutoff? Yeah, exactly. Because Pam Madison obviously is still in the wheelhouse during Baywatch years, so Baywatch Prime is what? Yeah, early I can 90s? Tell you, let's put it this way. What, we early he 90s has here? no clue who Zendaya is. Oh, no way. <laughs> no way. Definitely cuts off there. Yeah. I think he might know Lisa Bonet. <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> like randomly because of the Cosby show. And yeah. Stuff. yeah. He might know that or something. I'm trying to think about where the cutoff would be for him, cis sex symbols. Well, uh, you got to remember, too. I mean, Bill Belichick has had a bunch of good-looking football players on his squad so that have yeah. brought in some the Gronk, yeah, the yeah Gronk. some dimes. Yeah, because Gronk and Edelman, right? Yeah, Edelman, didn't Edelman yeah. date like a Miss Universe? Yes, but, he uh, did. Or, they didn't get, or maybe they yeah. were or something at one point. Yeah. I don't know if they were oh, anymore. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he definitely knows Giselle. Oh, for sure. 
And, and you know she brought in friends. So I'm saying yeah. exactly. Yeah. So, so he's, you're saying he's, Bill Belichick might be. He's still in the game. Uh, he might be. He's still in the game. He's more, more knowledgeable about the sex symbols around Because pop he does his research. <laughs> <laughs> I he like that story. He does his research. That's a great story. It is. Okay. Uh, it is. Yeah, that's good. I missed that one during the Manning cast. All right, we'll come back. We'll uh, get into more flex announcements. announcements on the other side. We have the running backs coming up. We'll also review all the flex selections and uh, also get back to some Mike Leach discussion uh, during Rod's round today. Texas basketball, big win over Rice. We'll talk about that as well. All of that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn.